Hey guys, it's Adam from Casper Dog Training. We have another episode of the podcast today, and I want to start off by thanking all of you for the support uh, and you know surprising number of people that are subscribing, following, and listening across uh, multiple different platforms like Anchor, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcast, Google Play Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud as well. Um, if you do have a moment and you can spare a couple of bucks, and when I say a couple of bucks, it's only a couple of bucks per month, uh, sponsor me at uh, by going to anchor.fm forward slash Adam Casper, and you can look at the sponsorship options where there's a, a, a section there where you can click on. It's got a little dollar icon, and uh, it gives you three options, 99 cents for a month, $4.99 a month and $9.99 per month. So if you are getting some benefit out of this stuff, I would sincerely appreciate you um, sponsoring me and giving me a couple bucks here and there. And actually, the more sponsors I get, the less I have to ask because uh, I'll be getting ads. And I know the big thing about podcasts is we hate listening to ads, but uh, I promise you I'm not going to get too annoying with that stuff. Anyway, uh, if you need my services... Uh, a little bit beyond the scope of this podcast, I think the best way to do that right now is online training. So go to www.casperdogtraining.com forward slash book dash online. And uh, right during that section, there is online dog training. You click on that, you select the date and time, you pay your money and boom, 12 hours later or, or less in some cases, we can be face to face and I can see you and your dog and give you uh, the full gamut of whatever troubleshooting we're going to be doing we can solve problems we can actually train your dog and i have a bunch of in-home clients that uh when this thing's all over i'm going to be meeting with in person but we're doing a blended training session now with uh online sessions that will carry us over until we can meet face to face so it's a really cool option so something to consider so guys today we are going to talk about resource guarding. Resource guarding, and this is probably one of several episodes we'll have to do on resource guarding. But I wanted to talk about some of the ritualized behaviors you might see in a dog that's about to have an issue with resource guarding. And right now, I'm not even going to be talking about how to necessarily correct that, but I think it's one of those things it's important for us to realize that when uh, dogs in other uh, in, in, in canine society, let's put it this way, canine society, dogs relating to other dogs, they're using body language and behavior to um, basically show a, a ritual of behavior that indicates to the other dog what's going on. Now, this doesn't mean that every other dog has the secret decoder ring and really understands it. But I think it's important for a lot of people to understand what they are. And, you know, what I can do is uh, kind of cruise through some of these. And uh, a lot of the stuff will will make some sense. And you'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, uh, and also to diagnose your, your own dog. Does your dog have resource guarding or are they territorial or protective? There's a whole bunch of different kinds of this, guys. So uh, be patient. There's more than one episode coming on this topic. And later on down down the road, I will get to separation anxiety. So first and foremost, looking at some of the aggression and, and cycle of aggression that comes out. And as it's referred to in an excellent book that I have by an author by the name of Jean Donaldson. Uh, she wrote a book called Mine, and it's the practical guide to resource guarding in dogs. Um, in her book, she mentions... Uh, six different things which are ritualized aggression 
behaviors. And, and you can, uh, if, as I read these off, just, um, I'm not going to read the words cause obviously it, you know, I don't want to do any copyright infringement here, but you know, the first part is the dog freezing up. You can see the dog, um, basically become a statue for a second and they're hovering over something or they stop doing what they're doing. And you really do see that the dog start to do what most dog trainers know as, as a, like a hard look, or you can, it's sometimes referred to as a hard eye. Um, listen, there's no mistake when you look at a dog and a dog's looking back at you when they're giving you hard eyes. Um, you know, you can see that they're unflinching, they're looking at you and they're literally like waiting to, to pounce. It seems like, um, there's some other, um, ways you might see your dog could be experiencing or, or could be signaling that they're going to do, uh, they're going to guard their resources. And from, you know, uh, Gene Donaldson's book is saying accelerated consumption. So, you know, if a dog has a, has a pile of food or it's their bowl, typically speaking, it'll be a bone or, or uh, a food bowl is usually the, the number one resource that gets guarded. You'll see the dog just start gobbling up the food really fast. But you can also say that most of the time the dog is freezing up a bit. They, their body becomes very stiff and their eye, eye line is literally like off in a, in a very hard gaze. And uh, it's a very eerie thing when, you, when you're looking at it, um, especially if you think about it and slow it down or if you have a video of it. Um, clearly an, another milestone or uh, piece of ritualized aggression where the dog will repeat this stuff and and it's not that some dogs do all of these things that we're mentioning here from this book but they do most of them um, or all of them is obviously growling, snarling, snapping and then the last one would be considered an inhibited bite. Now an inhibited bite the interpretation, you know, you can infer a lot of things from this, but the difference between an inhibited bite or a, a, a bite that's maybe like bilateral or uh, in some dog training circles, you know, we have different levels. It's level one, two, three bite. Um, and, and it basically indicates a, uh, a grouping of severity. A soft bite um, basically means, or an inhibited bite, it means the dog is biting but their intent isn't to destroy flesh or really kill. And unfortunately, until you experience that, you don't really appreciate what that is. And for, I don't know, about two years, uh, I, had a, I had an interesting client had me come over for uh, an issue with one of their dogs. And as I was training this dog and talking to the, the client, uh, as the story goes... I moved towards uh, an object that, first of all, I didn't. I was not aware that the object existed, nor did I know where it was. And then the other part of this this uh, issue was the dog I was training did not have resource guarding, but I was unaware that there was a second dog in the room. So the the issue there was that I moved too close to an object that uh, the second dog, which I didn't know was even there was hiding underneath a table with a tablecloth. I moved towards it and the dog popped out underneath the table and bit my hand. Uh, I could see 
when the bite was finished and, and even for upwards of a year afterwards, I had um, the outline of the dog's mouth on the, the top of my hand, uh, just above my knuckles, heading towards my wrist because my hand was, was down at my waist. And the dog jumped up and, and, and bit me. But it was an inhibited bite. It was a uh, surprise that it happened because, uh, you know, first of all, I did not know the dog was even there. I didn't know they had two dogs. So lesson learned for my part. I now ask every client that even if they are a paying client where I see them in their homes or they're even asking for uh, a, a consultation or, or um, basically even like asking for quotes or anything like that how many dogs they have in the home because uh, it was more than once I was surprised by this where people didn't tell me about additional dogs in the home and uh, I ended up, the injuries ended up happening. So big thing with this was we, I didn't realize I wandered too close to this. Now, had I, I was probably going to be able to realize that there was some ritual ritualized behavior that I was going to see. Um, but I landed on that last uh, milestone where the dog bit, did really no real damage. It was superficial. Uh, it healed up pretty pretty quick, but she gave me a big enough bite where it bruised and it hung around on my skin for a long time. So this is a, um, a, a something that is very concerning because it's going to accelerate. Basically, what I what I joked about, I said, well, that was almost like you know a, a drive by. The, the dog literally just, you know, I walked by this this object. I don't even know what it is to this day, but I got too close to something. The dog jumped up, bit me once, and then ran back underneath the table. So it was, you know, complete shock to everybody. Um, but that was, you know, kind of part two of the conversation that those clients uh, had. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I reacted in in a way that I was a little surprised and a little bit upset with these these folks and we didn't continue to do business um after I finished that training session cuz although it was an inhibited bite it was uh it was severe enough i mean let's face it i didn't know what was coming and uh, we didn't do business from there on but i finished what i was supposed to like a like a trooper or or a professional whatever you want to call it now um these things we can see in a dog, you know, we can see the dog uh, start gobbling up their food. You can see them, you can hear them growl. You can see their face and snarl. And obviously a snap, self-explanatory. You can see the dog air snap at you. You know, they're, they're um, shadow boxing with you at that point And they're letting you know that, you know, you're too close and you, you could face uh, the teeth. But, you know, if you miss all those different milestones or, you miss one of those milestones, chances are you're going to land on an inhibited bite. But the thing is with resource guarding is that the dog gets more and more comfortable with that behavior and in a way finds it rewarding so that they feel like they're, uh, they're doing a good job at protecting whatever resource they find is important. Uh, these bites escalate and that's where both the owner of the dog and the dog itself gets into some mortal trouble. Really the dog could end up being euthanized. So it's a scary proposition. Anyway, uh, this is only first part of several, and we have to talk about uh, how to how to identify some of the stuff, the types of resource guarding, and I can mention those really fast. Um, 
you know, food guarding is one um, object. So you, you're also talking about food, but, you know, you can be specific to a bed, a toy, a couch, uh, a room, um, which is also blending into location guarding or the worst in my mind is um, guarding a human and guarding an owner. Uh, I have one former client that seems like she's had a couple of dogs that have had this issue. And um, it's something that I'm very, very concerned with. So that's why I, I remember this and I'm, I'm recording this. So uh, hopefully she can hear this too. So we're going to have to talk about um, how, to, how to deal with it. Uh, some things we can do. So I, I know there are certain things we can we can try, um, and also there's uh, there's a whole bunch of different options on the table. But you know we do have to go through some uh, some some history on how this how, how this works. Uh, give you some samples. Talk about maybe you know types of resources. You know uh, and you know maybe the food bowl is mildly uh, guarded uh, and you might get some of the hard stairs or growls but it won't escalate too far but the bully stick or the pig ear or the bone that might be something significant uh, could be a bed but you know if it is if it is a person um, I'm going to put out this disclaimer if it's a person in your house and your dog is guarding you from other family members stop doing what you're doing don't try and fix it by yourself and get a professional in to help you because, I mean, I'm doing this for educational purposes. I'm not doing this so that people can solve their own problems 100%. You know, I, I've been doing this for a very long time now and professionally now I'm going on four years, um, uh, you know, on my own business uh, by myself. I'm telling you right now, if you have one of these issues, consult your vet first of all. Talk to them about maybe getting in touch with an animal behaviorist and uh, or a dog trainer uh, that does have experience dealing with behavior modification when it comes to things like resource guarding, when it comes to things like uh, uh, separation anxiety and, and things like that. Because if you aren't dealing with one of those professionals, uh, first of all, you might get the wrong person for the job and that person could get injured, which that's never good. Uh, but also too, you know, you're running the risk of untreated, unwittingly, you have somebody come in your house, a guest, or, you know, let's just even say a guy comes in to work on your your cable or your internet or electrician or, or, or plumber or house painter comes in. This guy is totally unaware of the fact that your dog is aggressive because you're nearby their, their toy or their bone or their, their person or whatever and gets bit. And you know what? You got a lawsuit on your hands, and chances are, uh, if it's the not the first time that, that it's happened, or the dog has some sort of history, uh, the vet or the the animal control might suggest uh, euthanization. And uh, before you do that, seek out professional help. You're not going to be able to solve this one on your own, and I don't care who you are. Um, personally, I had an issue with uh, my current dog with separation anxiety, and um, I realized straight away. I did my own research and we struggled for a little bit and my wife actually went outside and, and got a behaviorist specifically. And she has, uh, co-authored books, uh, with regards to behavior and stuff like that. So I firmly, uh, agree that 
you know, even if you are a professional, you should consult somebody. But more importantly, if you're an average citizen, average person that, you know, you've took your took your dog to do basic obedience training and in all other instances, your dog's fine. This is something you want to deal with because you're dealing with a dog that actually wants to harm somebody else or is afraid that if they don't protect their most valued object or most valued food source or person that they're willing to go to the nuclear option in the canine world and actually use their teeth. But if they, if they're part of their ritualization ends up, you know, the soft mouth or the, uh, or the inhibited bite becomes a little less inhibited each time and makes it easier for the dog to do it each time. It's just going to escalate. And when it does escalate, unfortunately, those circumstances tend to be at the worst possible victims and it becomes the most tragic thing for the owner and, and the animal itself for the dog itself. I mean, I can't think of anything worse than a kid, you know, a little toddler running around two to two to four years old that gets, uh, gets mauled by a, a dog just because they, the kid picked up a tennis ball and didn't think anything of it. And, you know, you got this sweet little yellow lab that's balled up on the couch sleeping until the kid touches the tennis ball. And then all of a sudden you have a tragedy on your hands and it it's a tragedy that keeps on giving. It's a tragedy that ends up with the dog being definitely uh, traumatized and made worse by that circumstance. Uh, an owner that figures, nah, I, I, I could deal with it on my own or we'll just warn people. Don't take care of it. And I think if you talk to most dog trainers and you're struggling financially to come up with a, a, a their rate uh, and you find a good one, talk to them. Uh, you know, try and get them on the phone, send them an email and plead with them because most of us, like like myself, you know, I'm not trying to say I'd give away my services for free, but I would rather save a dog's life, save a child's uh body from harm or elderly person and you know um basically make the make the issue better so that the dog can have a happier life because the dog is actually suffering and we need to take care of that so um this is one of the shorter podcasts uh first episode of a series of stuff on resource guarding um trying to break them down into bite sizes so there's your the things you need to look at uh, the episode prior to this, we talked about desensitizing the dog to the muzzle. And in resource guarding, I think one of the ways we can effectively start desensitizing the dog to getting close to a resource or someone handling a resource or being around a resource is protecting the dog and protecting yourself and your family by putting a muzzle around uh, on the dog but working with a professional so that you can guide the dog into the appropriate behaviors and you're not risking injury to yourself or the, or the trainer or anybody else in the home. Plus you're giving the dog the opportunity to express themselves and you can see the escalation of everything I just mentioned with the ritualized uh, behavior. So with that, uh, guys, I appreciate you listening to the, the podcast you know, again, if you need some uh, direct dog training, please go to my website at www.casperdogtraining.com. Casper is spelled C-A-S-P-E-R. And uh, if you go to forward slash book online, uh, right there, you're going to see um, online dog training. And that would be a great way to go. If uh, If you can't do that, 
then book a free consultation over the phone. And I'd be happy to talk to you about that. And even if we're not local, I can help you look up some resources in your area to get the appropriate uh, expertise to come in and talk to you and help start treating your dog. But, you know, uh, aside from that, you can obviously go to your vet and start talking and open up the dialogue that way. Anyway, everyone, thank you so much for your time and hope you all stay safe, stay home, wash your hands and be well. Take care.